Okay, so let's let's talk a bit big about learning and teaching animation. Uh, what it takes to animate and how to even start if you want a career in animation. And let's get one thing out of the way first. Like, is is learning animation hard? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's it's definitely no joke. And you know, it's again, it's like any art form. You never just learn animation. You know, you can learn fundamentals of animation and even then you haven't learned them you just know them so uh you know you could be you could have 15 years of experience and you could still be practicing your fundamentals like you're stuck on a shot and you have to go back to your fundamentals start animating a ball to get the action right and then you put your character in there and try and like match the balls animation just because you know how you know the, the fundamentals of a moving ball so you never learn animation. It's a skill you're constantly just improving and getting better at. So, you know, uh, I'm by no means like the most amazing animator. And I know I won't be and I won't ever know animation. I'll just constantly improve every year. Um, what I do know is I probably know more than someone who's a student and who has less experience than me. But I I will never know more than someone who has more experience than me. And, you know, it's always, you're at, always at a, at a certain level. You can help the people underneath you and you might know a thing or two uh, that the people above you won't know, but, you know, you're always at a level and, you know, you increase and someone else takes your place and, you know, increases with you. So uh, learning animation is, is hard, I, I'd, I'd say for sure. Yeah, but it to, is doable. To make yeah, you, you, yeah. And to make things a little bit more complicated than just a simple, you know, gradual spectrum of quality, you could you know, introduce some other factors, like, for example, more stylized animation and realistic animation. Like for are, sure, yeah, there, yeah. There, there's no genre. Like, exactly. It's it's you can't really answer that question, I think, because like you said, yeah, there's different styles of animation. There's different types of animation. Uh, there isn't just oh. Um, I know Excel really well, or like, you know, Google Sheets really well. And you could learn Google Sheets. You could learn everything. I'm sure there's a lot, but you could learn everything there is about Google Sheets and that's it. But uh, the skill cap for an artist is always growing. Uh, so, you know, same with animation. You, you can know the software that you're animating in, but the skill to animate, the training your eye to catch movements and uh, create. Uh, nice silhouettes and nice appealing poses. You could always get better at that. Um, nice framing. There's all these things that play into animation. That's not just movement either. So, yeah, you could definitely be like improving at like different branches at the same time, and that becomes your, you know, that circle becomes your animation skill. So, um, if it is hard, as you said, maybe, maybe you do have some secret hack or <laughs> trick to learn animation really quickly? Or is there no shortcut and you just have to go through the long and painful way? There, unfortunately, there is no shortcut. If someone tells you there is a shortcut, they're lying because <laughs> there's no way to just learn how to be a good animator in like a short period of time. Because it, like I said, you, know, you could learn all the tools in a program. Uh, so for example, um, you know, we're teaching Blender. And so if you learn all the animation tools in Blender, yes, you're going to have an easier time when animating. But if you have 
if you haven't trained your eye over the years and uh, animated or have too much animation uh, experience, even though you know the tool, you're still not going to produce anything that's appealing in any way. You might think it's good, but like someone who knows what they're doing looks at it and it's like, uh, I don't know about that. Like this and this is wrong. Your the knees are popping. Uh, there there isn't a proper curve here, and the timing is off. The spacing is off, and like you you would have that, you would have no idea because you just know the program. So you just have to um, what programs and schools can do is that they can give you a base and they can give you the fundamentals. And once you know about the base, once you know about the fundamentals, then you can start adding on top of those each individual one. So what's so that? Just, that second part's up to you, right? Yeah, and generally, probably if it's like a long and painful way. There might be like the more painful and less painful way. So I, I would want to yes. ask you, sure, what would you yeah. say? What would you say is the number one, like most crucial skill that you have to master to become a good animator? That's a hard question. <laughs> so the first answer that came to my head was, I thought uh, when you said there's a long and crucial way of learning something and there's a slightly less crucial way of learning something and i think um th i have the answer for that uh the answer to that would be the long and extremely cruciating way of learning is learning by yourself and not having any direction because when you're learning by yourself when you get stuck you get stuck when you're learning by yourself uh, there may be questions that you have that you can't have answered or there may be questions that you don't even know you should be asking that are causing you problems. You just don't know those questions exist. So uh, I think the least cruciating way of learning is to have some sort of support system. Uh, you know, it could either be a community, it could be a professor, it could be uh, other students or other people that have been and have done what you're doing right now. But without that and without lessons and a direction, it's going to be very hard to learn a skill, especially an artistic skill. So I think that would be the least cruciating way of learning. Mm -hmm. So so would you think uh, maybe a university, like a structured education would be a good way to go or? Yeah, so there is, uh, you know, there's this pros and cons to, to both institutional uh, schools and online schools. So I think for fostering a community uh, and institutional schools are a lot better at that, especially if it's in person. If it's during COVID times and you can't even go to the school, then there's no point. Just go to an online school. Uh, but, you know, if, if you, for, for example, for me and Sheridan, one of the reasons I, I worked so hard on my film and to get better was because I would look around and all the other students were there at 12 a.m. All these other students were there at like 2 a.m. still working. And that kind of motivated me to uh to continue working that made me you know i was i would think to myself i'm not gonna be the first one to leave here like i, I had to i had to prove myself um so it, institutional schools give you that but uh they also waste your time a lot if you already know what you want to do as, as we talked about earlier so you know there, there's pros and cons i'd say for sure okay so so there's also a lot of free learning content on YouTube and other places nowadays, at least. Maybe some years ago, it wasn't that, that many, but right now it's yeah. quite plenty of, like, including your channel and the likes of it. Uh, and 
what is uh, the advantage of a paid structured course like to animate sure and yeah like why why is it worth <laughs> the money investment yeah yeah so um like you said a few years ago there wasn't any there was very little animation content and um just information about the industry online it always seemed like this magical thing you meet an animator you're like oh my god like i wonder what his life is like now i live the life and i'm like oh maybe <laughs> maybe i shouldn't have asked that <laughs> no no um but you know it, it was very mysterious back then there wasn't enough information uh, online which was one of the reasons I, I actually made my youtube channel was because i wanted to kind of demystify the whole uh industry for people that were interested because i just i i generally didn't know who to ask or who to talk to um and I, I had I found it very hard to find like anyone's get anyone's attention to ask them some questions, um, so that, you know that's the kind of why I decided to start like giving out uh, content on on YouTube and just I try to keep a schedule where I'm uploading every week. It becomes a little hard with um, just being an animator full time, just because uh, when you work in the industry, there's ups, there's downs, there's a lot of uh, excuse me, there's a lot of uh, overtime some months sometimes months uh, at, at a time uh, so it's it's hard to keep a consistent schedule when you're working as an animator now for your to answer your question of the difference between free and paid content both are good and you know both have their advantages and disadvantages again you know advantage of free content is that it's free it's free and you know if you have to drive you can go and consume it and uh, you know, learn things. You could learn a bit here. You could learn a bit there. You could learn some of this. Uh, the advantage of a paid education is that you're putting trust in the person that created that content. You're trusting them to create a coherent and step-by-step -step guide for you that all connects uh, and not just random tutorials where you learn this, you learn that. They, you expect them and you expect the course that you paid for to have uh, help you understand, help you answer the questions you didn't know you had to ask. And so I think that, and on top of that, uh, in terms of to animate, for example, uh, just to show ourselves a little bit, we're trying to foster a community as well. So we know the biggest aspects of animation is that like it needs to be coherent and it needs to be a progressive sort of uh, line where you, you, know, you add on top of the previous lesson and you just keep getting more and more advanced. That's, the, that's probably the easiest way to learn and for people to comprehend your lessons. But we also know that community is very, very important. And so uh, we've just actually created a forum slash, uh, it's, okay, so how can I explain this? It's like Discord, but better and more professional and um it's a space we're creating a space where students can share uh, job information animation news they can uh post their progress and other students can comment and uh, and guide them and there's, there's a lot of other stuff i, I don't want to give it away too much but you know we'll be hosting contests and we're, we're kind of like fostering a community of artists and animators and uh we just had our our kickstarter and uh, luckily it was very successful. And so we have over 400 students now already pre-signed up. Um, so, you know, the course is still in the making. So these students have kind of put their trust in us to, uh, and, and given us their money 
to join to animate at a very very early stage and help us build it. So we're also taking suggestions from them on what they think would help them learn. And so they're helping us build this course and this community from ground up. And we're hoping to uh, we're hoping to have a full release, most likely around August of this year of 2022. So that's that's our aim. But until then, we're just gonna. You know, we're going to see what happens with this community and, and, and with this course and with these students. So I hope that answered your question. Yeah, so I guess very that, long. That, that's, uh, yeah, that structure part and, and the community thing is like pretty, pretty interesting. I, I find a little bit of, uh, of similarity to, to what the Blender Studio does, for example, with, uh, with the whole open movie projects and letting yeah. people like sneak peek into the work of the studio and kind of learn by watching other people uh, work but what you said about community and the possible feedback that you get as a teacher and then the student can get for their work as well i think that's that's also very valuable i think that's that's yeah. the thing that you can't get from a free youtube video unless it has a community around it or some other yeah which is which is very hard to hard to create you know i've mean, i've been making videos on youtube uh, for free for three years, and I'm sure I've, I've helped uh, I've helped people, but uh, it's it's definitely different. It's definitely different putting up you know a public video with anyone can just come and click and go um, versus a a tight paid community that's uh, you know like everybody knows why everybody else is in there. It's not just random people coming in and going. So like you know that people in there are dedicated and they're there for a reason for the same reasons you're in there. So. I think it definitely makes a big difference for sure. <clears throat> okay, so so how how old is too late to start learning animation? Like let's say I'm in my forties now, just began, and uh, let's say I would like to start animating. <laughs> so do you think it's it's ever too late or or not? I don't I don't think so. Um, I don't think it's ever too late if it's something you're very, very passionate about. Uh, but I think if you are going to start it late in life, you should know that it is nine out of 10 times, it is not going to be an easy career. And unless you are very passionate about animation and you're passionate about working on you know big projects with lots of different artists and extremely talented people, unless you're passionate about that, you're likely going to burn out very quickly because uh, you know, nine out of 10 productions are very hard and um, they scale and you have to put in a lot of overtime, um, sometimes again, sometimes months at a time. So if you have a family uh, and other commitments outside of work, it will be harder for you. That being said, again, I, I know people who are very late in their, um, in their life and they're doing just fine as animators or you know, leads, supervisors, directors, they're still in the industry at a, at a very old, very old age. Um, when I started in the industry, now this, this may not be that old, but you know, um, when I started, I was around 22, I think 20, yeah, around 22. And, um, the animator that was sitting beside me, he was in his early thirties. He was around 32, I believe. And he had just started where he had like a year of experience, two years of experience. And so he, I think he, he started animation, learning animation in his 30s. So 
he's a he's a lead now, and you know he's going back and forth between Sony and and this other studio, and he's an extremely talented animator, and he started animating in his 30s. You know, he started learning about it, being even interested about it in his 30s. So I, I don't think it's ever too late. Um, I think if you're passionate about it and you have the drive, you could, you could start learning animation at, at any age. Okay, so that's, a, that's for, for all your dinos out there <laughs> that are lurking <clears throat> maybe in other niches of, of the CGI industry. <laughs> that's some ray of hope. Uh, anyway, uh, let's skip to another question. And um, I wanted to ask you about rigging, like because as an animator, you often, like probably most most of the time, you use other people's rigs. Do you have to learn rigging to be an animator, or is it not? Is it useful or completely unnecessary? I think <laughs> so. I, I I should start this by saying I despise rigging with a passion. <laughs> but uh, that being said, I think a, I, I thank Sheridan for kind of like forcing me to learn it and like learn about all the other aspects of the industry. Because when you're working in the industry, when you're working on a large project, you have people from all these different, like, yes, you, uh, they're in different departments, but you're all working together. So uh, one department, you could be waiting for one department to finish their work so you can start your work. And then the next department's waiting for you to fin you know, finish your work so they can start doing their, their part of the job. So, and especially for rigging and animation, they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, a lot of times we're waiting for rigs. And once we get rigs, things aren't working right. Excuse me. And if you know what is not working right, if you, if you know the basics of rigging, then you can kind of pinpoint what the problem is. You could be like, oh, like uh, the shoulder here, the, the weight paint isn't properly painted on. You should probably like, you know, get these vertices that you missed. Here, here are the vertices you missed. Or, uh, you know, it just you could direct the rigor and better explain what the issue is. Now, you won't have to fix it, but at least you can have an easier time communicating with that rigor um, how they could solve your problem. So I think in that sense, it definitely is useful to know the basics of rigging and, and how it works. You know, you don't, have to, you don't have to know how to rig a character from scratch, but just know the basics. I think that's probably the most beneficial thing. Okay, that's a good so, question. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, talking, about, talking about different tools and different like pipeline intricacies of animation, I wanted to ask about the the future that's kind of maybe coming or not. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the, the AI tools for animation that are kind of emer emerging last year, uh, recent years, like for example, the, the mocap things like mo deep motion or Plask recently or something like that uh, popped out. Um, I'm asking this also because I, I was guilty of making a YouTube video about deep motion and- uh, Deep motion. And yeah, kind of went viral. Like me, without the proper animator uh, experience, being able to, to you know turn my kind of video reference into something that's that maybe resembles an animation and maybe it is possible to be cleaned up afterwards, like a yeah. mockup mo data. Yeah, yeah. And possibly like this is the beginning of something that's going to evolve into AI doing some parts of the handwork in animation. So do you think it will yeah. be just a tool in the pipeline or something that will kind of replace manual work of animators? 
in the future. I, I think I think you nailed it on the head with what you said earlier, where it I I think, you know, obviously I, I don't have a crystal ball to tell you what's gonna happen in the future, but uh from my understanding of these tools and you know, just how humans kind of make tools and for what reasons, I I, I think where this would go, um and sorry, and the limitations of AI right now and from, from what I've seen, I think these tools will be that, tools. Uh, I think they will make kind of um, work that is redundant, uh, work that is hard to do, and um, I can't find the right word for it, but uh, you know, uh, work that no one wants to do. I, I believe these will help with that, but there will be an artist behind it directing the work that this AI is doing. Um, you know, like you said, there's a lot of AI coming up, especially for art. There's one where you tell it, hey, show me a dog with purple hat and like uh, a red bow tie, and it'll like, you know, it'll make that for you. But someone has to be going and typing that and adjusting it. And uh, like, yes, you can have mocap animation. Uh, you can animate everything in mocap if you'd like, but that's not that that's one style. It's like we talked about earlier. There's there's realistic, then there is stylistic. And so I, I can't see how a program or you know uh, a mocap animation could be a stylistic animation with and if you know if you're gonna start adjusting it and changing the timing and changing the poses, you might as well just animate it yourself at that point. Uh, but maybe there's an AI that'll help you with the in-between poses. Maybe you, an animator can come in and put in the key poses and give it a range, be like, hey, medium speed, uh, fast and like slow in between these keys. And like the AI will go and apply physics to it and you know, uh, give you something that you can adjust. So I think in terms of the future, the AI is there to be a tool for, your, for the animator or for the artist to use. Uh, I don't think it's there to you know, take the job away from them. Yeah, I think it's like the the nature of the whole AI, uh, like machine machine learning algorithms and stuff. They are quite dependent on what you feed them. So it's uh, it's like these are tools that are very good at at replicating what has been done, or maybe mixing up things that already have been done. But if you want to go exactly. really creative, it's kind of it's not what it can do right now, at least. Yeah. And I think like that, recently, recently I saw the, the uh, two-minute papers about the new AI thing that's creating images from your writing and it kind of had problems exactly with these strange, strange input data. Like if someone wanted, wanted something that is not really usual, that is kind of like weird, it was, it had, it, it was having a hard time with it because, because, because it wasn't really you know, something that you could like easily grab from numerous other images. Yeah. Yeah. That's so hopefully, accurate. yeah. Hopefully we'll be still, <laughs> yeah. As artists, we'll have something to do. And maybe, maybe just, just differently than we are used to right now. Probably what we are doing right now would seem like black magic to people from, <laughs> from the 19th century. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. And who knows, maybe we'll look back and be like, oh my God, these guys did all this stuff by hand. You know, <laughs> like how we look back and, you know, uh, at Disney animators 
drawing frame by frame on paper and you know yeah, using or, painting or cells like, to paint on top and or like right now uh, people doing the photogrammetry all around you know with their cell phones and just everyone can scan themselves and if yeah, you take a look yeah. at the history of of cgi and the first experiments you know uh with uh, putting putting 3d objects into a computer which was like big as a whole room and <laughs> people were kind of measuring stuff with uh, with rulers now and... you just have your phone and you just go there you go 360 <laughs> degrees got a 3d scan yeah exactly. you never know where technology is going to go in 10 years 